welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Halitech Hall. Thanks for joining us, and we're really glad to have you on another great day to be a Bears fan. Uh, good morning, Mr. Halitech. Good morning, Double A. What a great day. We are exactly four weeks from camp opening when the veterans report, and most importantly, the march to Miami begins exactly 10 weeks from this evening. Exactly. Um, just to kind of reset a little bit, if this is the first time you are listening to How Tech Hall, uh, we appreciate that. And then uh, we also appreciate uh, the listeners uh, that have tuned in uh, for all of our other episodes. Um, we, we do ask that if you can, please go and rate and review and subscribe to the tailgate show uh, channel, which of course carries uh, Halitech Hall. Uh, we appreciate all of that. And um, just wanted to kind of reset a little bit uh, for those who might be listening the first time, uh, a little bit about who you are and what we do. Um, and so if you want to go ahead and uh, tell the listeners uh, just a little bit briefly about yourself and uh, you know, of course our, our mission statement here at Halitech Hall. Absolutely. Hey, Double A, thank you for the opportunity. My name is Michael Halitek. I'm a lifelong Bears fan, grew up in Chicago. Uh, unfortunately, I have lived out of the state for the last 23 years, but my passion has always been the Bears. I've been literally going to Bears games since I was in diapers, so I've had the pleasure to see the likes of Billy Wade, Rudy Bukic, Dick Butkus, Gail Sayers, of course. Um, I saw the last game ever played at Wrigley Field. I saw the very first game live ever played at Soldier Field. Uh, I was a season ticket holder at the age of 16 and held those tickets right through the 1985 Super Bowl era. Uh, recently, I became the director of a third-party ticket site which sponsors our show by the name of TickSplits.com. Uh, we'll be talking about them every week because we really appreciate their sponsorship. During the course of Halitech Hall, week in and week out, we're going to talk a little bit about current events, and we're also going to talk about Bears history. A lot of our listeners are younger. Uh, I happen to be in my 60s, and quite frankly, there is so much history. We just celebrate our 100th year as a Bears franchise. And there is so much rich history that many of our listeners and, and many of the fan base that, uh, that are in their 20s and 30s and even their 40s miss out on. So week in and week out, Halitech Hall is going to bring out some of the historical facts, historical games, historical players, and historical coaches throughout each week during Halitech Hall. We hope you join in. We'd love to increase our, our listener base, so please, if you like our show, subscribe to it and tell all your other friends who are Bears fans to come along for the ride, because it's going to be a fun year. Definitely. Thanks for that. Um, and then uh, with that, we can certainly um, you know, get started with, with the show. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, our goal is to, of course, talk about uh, current events, and this is going to be an exciting season, but we always have an eye uh, to history. And if you follow uh, at Halitech Hall on Twitter, we've been uh, trying to put up some um, historical tidbits and, uh, you know, things that might be of interest to people. So um, that's a good uh, follow as well. 
Um, so uh, with that, we can just go ahead and uh, kick off this episode. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to start this episode a little bit differently because we're going to have a little bit of an editorial comment here. Uh, recently, there's been some disturbances, and we'd like to call the people that follow the Bears on Twitter. We're calling it hashtag Bears Twitter in the Twitter Bears Twitter universe. And there's been, to use a Star Wars term, there's been a disruption in the force lately where, and we're not naming names, we're not naming podcasts, but certain podcasts have taken to bashing certain individuals in Bears Twitter. I will stand on record to tell you that Halitech Hall, The Tailgate Show, Aaron, or myself do not have a part in it. We don't condone it. We're here for fun. We're here for the Bears, and that's all we're going to talk about. You will never hear us bash another podcast, another writer, or a Bears fan at all during our shows. So uh, if you choose to listen to those podcasts, and there's a lot of good podcasts out there, and even the podcasts that have been involved have excellent content. Call them out, but don't call them out by calling them names. Just go directly to the people that are responsible for it. Tell them you're disgruntled by it, and if they don't stop, you have a choice. So that said, Aaron, do you want to comment any further on our editorial for today? No, um, I'll just say that uh, it's important, I think, to remember these days that, um, you know, it's it's uh, you can pick up the phone. Um, and I, something I did this past week with uh, some of those issues and, and I, I did find some uh, some good uh, closure and, um, you know, so forth. So uh, I think it's it's easy for us to get kind of wrapped up in Twitter and sort of uh, lose touch with reality. And, uh, you know, when you, when you meet people in person and when you talk with them on the phone, it, it gives it a different uh, feel to it. So, uh, you know, again, I just echo what you say that we're here for, for fun and for being fans. Um, and we just want to talk about the Bears and we have an exciting season ahead and, and all that other stuff. Uh, it's just noise and negativity. And, uh, you know, our goal is to, to not be a part of it. So uh, with that being said, we're going to jump right into our, uh, our, our nice uh, planned content that we have for today. We've got a great show, Double A. We're going to talk a little bit about, of course, current news. We'll always feature some current news at the hall. Uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit about uh, a couple of the wide receivers that have really shed some light on how this offense has grown during the off off season. Uh, hopefully we've got that, that audio clip from one of the Bears receivers. Then we're going to delve into quarterback history. We're going to talk about three things that are most important in everybody's minds. We're going to talk about yards passing for a career. We're going to talk about career TDs. We're going to talk about quarterback rating because that's the barometer that nowadays all quarterbacks are judged and you're going to be surprised when we get to the end of the show on where Mitch Trubisky falls with some of couple of the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So current news. Hey, Duke Shelley finally signed his contract. Uh, don't know. Don't know why it took so long for 
a late round draft choice to finally get into the fold. But uh, with Shelley signing earlier this week or late last week, he was the last draft choice to come into the fold. And now everybody is ready to go. And like I said, when we started the show, rookies come to camp three days early and then the veterans come to camp exactly four weeks from today down in Bourbon A. And what we have coined on Twitter here at Halitech Hall, hashtag March to Miami. Please use that Bears followers and all your Bears comments on Twitter. Hashtag March to Miami starts exactly 10 weeks from today. So um, some good stuff coming out this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's obviously a slow time, um, and, uh, you know, the, the players are enjoying some R&R, and I'm sure they're doing some uh, training and getting their bodies ready uh, for, for training camp uh, as well. Earlier this week, a couple of our wide receivers uh, were on YouTube and talking about the Bears, how the, how the Bears offense has evolved from the end of last year through all the mini camps in the, the mandatory camp that just ended a week ago. Uh, Robinson was on talking about it, and Taylor Gabriel was, he, he spoke to what is happening when the Bears a break a huddle, when the play comes in, how that play can attack the defense as the defense presents its coverages at the line of scrimmage. Aaron, do you have that clip of, uh, of Mr. Gabriel? Uh, yeah, I do, sir. And um, Robinson and Furton and Miller, all the second-year guys, do you guys feel like that there's another level in you this year that you can achieve? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was our first time in the offense. Uh, just in the sense of stats and what we did, I mean, just think about uh, basically kind of a rookie going into a rookie offense and uh, us having the second year under our belt, uh, the terminology, uh, it's expanded, it's more detailed. Uh, we know what Mitch wants. Uh, Mitch kind of can feel our speed, the, the the tempo of what we're doing. So, I mean, we're connecting, and, and also we're going outside of the playbook of what Nagy's kind of drew up on the lines. We're kind of going to what Mitch wants us to do. Okay, you want us to do a back shoulder. You want us to do, do this. So it's kind of turning to our offense. So how much ahead of – do you, do you think you guys are as a team from this point last year to where Drastic, you're... drastic, yeah, drastically, just because we're not trying to learn the offense. Uh, we're not trying to learn the X's and O's and where we're supposed to line up. Now we're kind of going off of tendencies of the DB, of the coverage, of what uh, the defense is doing. So that's a, a drastic change from, from last year. What has the offense been able change? to do? What has the offense been able to do in these OTA practices that you weren't able to do a year ago? I mean, not install. Uh, we're not installing. We're not trying to figure out where, we're, where, we're, where we have to line up. Now we're just figuring out, oh, on situations. What if this situation ha happens? What if uh, uh, it's a cloud corner, uh, a turkey hole shot for Mitch? So that's expanded. Uh, and I feel like uh, just in the sense of just the wide receivers, the terminology of the offense, we have what we want to do and also what Mitch wants to do so. It's is is definitely a drastic, drastic change. And how much of that drastic change is, is 
because of Mitch and just being in his second year in this offense and being a better player this time around? How much does that sort of translate to what you guys are seeing as far as the growth? Uh, it's, uh, it's confidence. Uh, Mitch, is, he's confidence back there. Uh, he's confidence in switching the play calls. He's confidence in, I mean, giving us a double move. Uh, we got a lot of double moves out there. He's confidence in what he's looking at. He's not just trying to figure out what the play is. Now he gets to look, look up and look at the coverage. So I just feel like, uh, like I said, it's just a drastic change from last year. All right. Yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, you hear what he has to say and it's, uh, it's very exciting. Um, you know, all these guys are, are in their second year in this offense. And from, from all accounts, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's mini camp and it's, it's helmets and shorts, but, um, you know, that they are talking about, uh, Mitch's confidence and just, um, you know, basically, you know, Nagy has said he's gone from 101 to 202 or maybe even further. I'm um, using that sort of uh, college metaphor. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think Taylor Gabriel is is going to have a breakout year. I mean, I think he had a good year last year. Um, but uh, and further on in that interview, he goes on to talk about how they saw a lot of zone um which which I think limited some of what he was able to do. Uh, but I just think, you know, uh, uh, Mitch is uh, going to be at the point where he can recognize the defense, doesn't have to think so much. And, um, you know, he's just going to be able to trust that his receivers are going to be where they're supposed to be. And that's when uh, I think this naggy offense really can um, start to to explode. What Taylor Gabriel said, we got to dissect this a little bit. Mm-hmm. He basically said, like you mentioned, they were all rookies in this offense last year. Whether you were a one-year rookie, a two-year or a five-year veteran, they were all rookies. And this wasn't Kansas City's offense. It wasn't Philadelphia's offense. It was. It's a hybrid You've got Helfrich, you've got Nagy, you've got the blocking schemes of a, of a first-year offensive line coach, at least for the Bears, second coming, but still, all of those pieces just came together. You know, and it's like when, you, when you're in construction, you've got to lay a foundation first before you can build the frame. And they were just basically building the foundation last year at this time. Now the frame is up, the siding's up, the, the rooms are in, the, the air conditioning is, is set up, and it's time to move in. Mm-hmm. And that's what Gabriel is saying. They can now master the offense. They can pinpoint the coverage and where to attack that defense. And that can't be understated by any stretch of the imagination. Everybody, you know, there's, I've never seen a more polarizing figure as a quarterback other than Jay Cutler, where you've got this guy full of talent and he has played well. And we're going to show you exactly how well he has played versus some of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game during his first two seasons. But yet there is still a jury saying that that's deliberating whether or not Trubisky was worth being the second pick overall a couple of years ago. And I'm here to tell you that there was 
last year there was a hashtag going around after the, the Tampa game that said hashtag all in on Mitch. And I'm part of that bandwagon. I think that Trubisky is going to have a stellar career under this offense with as long as Nagy and Helfrich stay connected, like some of the better quarterbacks in our era have had the luxury of having the same coach for years and years and years. And we're talking Brady. We're talking Rodgers. We're talking Brett Favre. Uh, if, if I said to you right now that if Trubisky had a career that mirrored Brett Favre's, would you be happy with it, Aaron? Absolutely, of course. I mean, wait till wait till yeah. we get to wait till we get to our history segment. You're going to be surprised. Right. So that's what's important for our listeners to to grasp and, and understand. There is all too often we find ourselves in this immediate gratification world where you want your star player, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, basketball. You want them to be immediately all pros, and you want that player to help elevate your team to the championship, whatever championship you're a fan of, whether it's the NBA, the Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, or our favorite pastime, the Bears and NFL football. It just doesn't happen that way. Sometimes it takes time to it's, – it's the ultimate team sport. So as much as we want one player to come in and change the entire outlook of a Bears season, it's still a team sport, and there's three segments that all have to perform at elite levels, special teams, offense, defense. Obviously, last year our defense performed at an elite level. Our offense came from the dregs of the the bottom of the league over the last several years to become a very – Average, if I can say that, offense showed flashes at times of being great, but still showed times where they showed that they were in a rookie offense. And, of course, we all know that the, the problems we had with special teams, both with, with kickoff returns, punt returns, and, dare I say, field goal attempts. So it's a team game. And it's going to take all three phases for us to continue our march to Miami this year. But I think we're in a good spot. Completely. Uh, and I also think it bears mentioning that the offensive line uh, for much of the season last year was in a great deal of flux. Uh, losing Kyle Long was, was uh, you know, problematic. Early on, they were shuttling James Daniels in and out of various positions. Uh, this year, I feel like they're going into the season with um, a better offensive line in general. Moving Daniels to center, I think it's going to be great. Uh, Cody can go, you know, go back to guard. Um, and there's just another year of comfort and um, you know, uh, familiarity for the offensive linemen too, uh, and for for this type of uh, run pass option offense, that's that's huge. Uh, and then you know we also uh, have running backs that are better suited uh, to run that type of offense and are not going to uh, by their mere presence on the field uh, telegraph. Uh, the play calls in the way that uh, Jordan Howard, though, you know, talented and we thank him for his services. Um, unfortunately, you know, as we've mentioned, when he was on the field, you, you sort of knew what was coming. So, uh, you know, very exciting. Um, I'm with you 100 percent on, on backing Mitch. Uh, I think it's a 
Uh, it's unfortunate for him the way that uh, Mahomes and uh, Watson's uh, careers have kind of uh, exploded, um, and they of course were the you know the top other quarterbacks drafted in his draft class and drafted after him. Um, you know, good for them, but unfortunately he gets unfairly compared uh, to them, and uh, you know that'll probably continue uh, for a while, but. You know he's uh, as we'll look into. He's he's uh, he's he's a solid guy and he's really on a great trajectory. Absolutely. We're going to make some comparisons later in the show with some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, when we're talking about Trubisky, let's keep in mind that when he came into after I believe it was Week Five, the Monday Night game against Minnesota two years ago. He was working with a coach that was very conservative, to to call it lightly, with John Fox and that offense. So he was really operating behind an eight ball his first year, the, the first 12 games he was a quarterback. He didn't have a chance to sit his first full year. And let's just talk about two quarterbacks. You already named one, Patrick Mahomes, sat all year and learn the system. And he stepped into year two with the same system. There was a guy drafted several years ago, played for New England, still plays for New England. His name's Tom Brady. He sat all year behind, was it Drew Bledsoe? If we can remember. And he only he only came into the to the become the starting quarterback after Bledsoe got injured. But he did so after sitting behind and watching for a year, came into his second year knowing the system frontwards and backwards, where Mitch Trubisky, not only did he have a Stone Age offense that he was operating in year one, he obviously was working with, with baptism under fire under with high expectations being the, the number one quarterback and seeing Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes have the careers that, that they have last year. It's unfortunate that Mitch Trubisky is sitting behind those two guys while they kind of took off, but they took off with the same offensive schemes that they began their rookie season with, their rookie mini camp. It's the same system. Mitch Trubisky obviously didn't have that, but as Taylor Gabriel pointed out, the metamorphosis that we're going to see once the the season is unveiled is the confidence that Trubisky has, knowing where to attack the defense instead of just running the play to run the play. It's going to be exciting. It's it's going to be uh, I just can't tell you how much fun it's going to be to watch this season this year. And, and Mitch Trubisky obviously is at the forefront. And he, of course, he has to be because if he doesn't perform well, and I have no reason to doubt that he won't be anything but one of the elite quarterbacks this year. Uh, yeah, the Bears will be in trouble, but I don't think that, that we're going to see that in 2019. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it's also important to point out that Ben Mahomes and uh, Watson also played a ton more in college. Uh, Mitch did not play 
very much in college. Uh, some people would say that's a knock on him, but but I think Pace drafted him knowing he was going to be a little bit of a project, um, but saw the upside, saw the ceiling, saw the, the type of skill set uh, that he wanted. And I think it's also important to remember that, you know, quarterbacks, much like kickers, there's not a science that's been proven to finding them. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, that the Patriots absolutely did not think he was going to be what he was going to be. He was drafted near the bottom of the draft. And, you know, it was surprising that he even was able to be the number one backup and then to come in and, and take over for Drew, Bree, uh, Drew Bledsoe uh, after injury and then basically never give the job back um, was you know, was out of complete left field. Nobody thought that. And, you know, the same thing, um, you know, there was knock on Watson for his injuries. There's uh, some, you know, definitely a knock on Mahomes for maybe his gunslinger. You know, a lot of people compared him to Cutler and, and different things like that. So you don't know. You don't know what happens when <clears throat> when a player gets in, onto a team and, and the support that he has. And, and you know, the I think what the Bears and Pace – have been so smart to do is they have a guy in Nagy that is in lockstep with Mitch and that relationship is super important. And that's what they've, um, you know, that's what they've uh, invested in. And uh, we're starting to see the fruits of that, uh, which are drastically different from, uh, you know, uh, John Fox, who completely was not invested in, in Trubisky until he absolutely had to be so. What an important point, the relationship between head coach and quarterback. And you've seen it in New England with Brady. You saw it in Indianapolis with, with Peyton Manning. And you've seen it in New Orleans with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. That connection, that tied at the hip uh, mentality that, that those uh, quarterbacks have enjoyed, literally enjoyed over their career, is so critically important. You know, one of the most polarizing quarterbacks, he was, what, number 85 on the Bears 100 list, and everybody, I mean, that's a good thing that Jay Cutler didn't show up at the Bears 100 because he would have been booed, which is just a, a crime because he, he was a great quarterback. He just didn't get the job done. But when you had, what, how many years was he with the Bears and how many offensive coordinators did he have what type of receivers did he have? It was just a shame that we absolutely didn't provide him what he needed to be successful here in Chicago. So that, that said, that's going to bring us right to the main part of our show, which is quarterback history. But before that, we're going to talk a little bit about our sponsor, which is, of course, TickSplits.com. TickSplits.com is a third-party website, uh, third-party ticket sale website. Think StubHub, SeatGeek, with one important difference. At TickSplits.com, you never pay a service fee. So you get the best tickets at great prices, and then you don't get gouged at checkout time when you go to put your credit card in to see that a $200 ticket now costs you $275. A $200 ticket at TickSplits is 200 bucks. They're guaranteed, so you get the seats you want at the price you want. You never have to worry about being gouged with service fees. 
TixBlitz is a great sponsor, and they have given us an opportunity for all of our listeners to save even more money. All you have to do, whether you're listening to The Tailgate Show or Halitech Hall, is go to TixBlitz.com, order your tickets, and right before you put your credit card in, enter in promo code TAILGATE. It's all caps. It's all one word, TAILGATE. And you'll save 5% thanks to our sponsor, TixBlitz. So go to TixBlitz.com today. You can download their app on any of your, your personal devices, whether it's Google, on Google Play Store, or on iTunes, uh, their app store for your Apple products. Download the app. Start using them today, and I guarantee that you will soon be forgetting all about the, the bigger guns like StubHub, SeatGeek, and even Ticketmaster, who charges a ton of fees. So go to TickSplits.com today, sign up for their mailing list, and you know, you'll get updates on all uh, the great events that are coming out. Like, of course, you've got you've got baseball right now. You've got football coming up. NHL just announced their schedule, and we haven't even started to talk about concerts. Or Broadway shows. Hamilton is one of the biggest shows all over the country, and there are tickets for every single show in Hamilton at all of the different locations throughout the country. So take your wife to Hamilton, and then she won't bug you about going to a Bears game. That's <laughs> TixBlitz.com, T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Aaron, quarterbacks. It hasn't been the greatest historical position the Bears have had. And quite frankly, if the Bears would have had some better quarterback play uh, in the 80s, I'm sure that they would have won more than one Super Bowl. They had another window in the mid-2000s where their quarterback situation was also in a flux. And we probably could have won a, a couple of Super Bowls in the mid 2000s. So instead of having one trophy in the Super Bowl era, we could literally could have possibly seen another at least three or four. Absolutely. Uh, it's not a, a super uh, quarterback rich uh, tradition for the Bears to put it uh, mildly. Um, you know, we're certainly we're still in the shadow of of Sid Luckman, who ended his career in 1950 <laughs> in a lot of ways. Isn't isn't that the truth? We're going to talk about three key areas uh, for quarterbacks. We're going to talk about yards over their career. We're going to talk about TD passes thrown in their careers and the measure that we all use currently, of course, is quarterback rating. So we're going to talk about those three things. We're going to start with, with yards passing. And while we're talking about the historical figures, we're also going to talk about Mitch Trubisky and where he could be on those lists by the just by the end of this year in only his second full year as a quarterback, plus the 12 games from the 17 season. So passing yards, obviously the number one on the Bears career list is is none other than our favorite Bears quarterback we love to hate, and that of course is Jay Cutler. Jay looks it over, takes the 
snap back on five. Sets to throw. Guns the right sideline. Over the shoulder, Hester. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Cover on the takeaway. Play fake to Forte. Sliding to the near side. Running away from the Lions. Cover to the five. Down oh. for the end zone. Have a it in. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Jay Cutler. A five-yard scramble touchdown. Here's the snap to Jake Cutler, backpedals to his 10 under pressure, stepping up, launching one deep, going for Johnny Knox, he's got it! Inside the Cowboy 20-yard line! Jake played fakes, everything's picked up very nicely. Jay arches back, going for Jeffrey over the shoulder! Touchdown Bears! What a beauty! Cutler under center, they stack the line of scrimmage, Seattle does, they bring four, Jay drops the throw. Jay hangs in, Jay going deep, Donaldson, he's got Olsen in seven, 20, 10, 5, end zone, touchdown! Pulls from center from the 26 of the Jets, sets the throw, leading Knox down the left sideline, up in the air, end zone, touchdown Bears! From Jay Cutler! Jay Cutler, number one on the list in, I mean, he it's not even close. Second place is, is Sid Luckman with just over 14,500 yards, and Jay Cutler over his career with 102 games played as a Bear through for 23,443 yards. So nothing to sneeze at. I mean, when you look, at, look back at, at the receivers he had, at the offense coordinators he had to deal with um, the fact that he stayed as long as he did and still played at a decent level. We won't call it a high level. You got to give him props. You, you know, he, again, we talked about the polarized figure that he is in, in Chicago history, but Jay Cutler was a decent quarterback who happened to play with the Bears at the absolute wrong time. Your thoughts about Jay Cutler? Yeah, I mean, he is—he's polarizing for sure. Um, you know, he there, there was something about him um, that, you know, his his body language and kind of his the optics of him were were difficult to to kind of uh, decipher. Um, you know, he. He obviously is is and was a very smart guy, very uh, you know capable guy. I think at the end of the day, Jay trusted himself more than he ever trusted his coaching. Um, and you saw the you know the battles with uh, Mike Martz and uh, others. Um, and then we also you know uh, had a coach in Lovey Smith that really uh, you know to be quite honest, didn't really care much about the offense, uh, was really not focused on the offense. And this, you know, we, we uh, at that same time, we ushered in an era of <clears throat> offensive football being, uh, you know, king. And as the rules changed um, and so on and so forth, uh, you know, we saw Jay Cutler get better. Um, and I think, you know, what I look at is, you know, sort of as a microcosm for his career is 2013 when we had the second ranked offense in all of football, um, but the 30th ranked defense. And unfortunately, Jay got hurt um, and only played uh, 11 games. 
but but in those uh, 11 games, he he you know he was really putting up some great numbers. Um, and of course, we went eight and eight <laughs> in that season, and it didn't amount to much. Um, but that's uh, you know if he doesn't get hurt, you know maybe maybe it's a different story even with that bad defense. Um, and it just seems like for whatever reason, um, you know the Bears. Uh, are a little bit snake bit when it comes to quarterbacks, uh, you know, it, and I'm sure, you know, you'll mention this, but, you know, Jim McMahon getting body slammed by Martin and, and, you know, getting hurt in the 86 uh, season, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Um, then they just made some bad drafts, but yeah, you know, Jay Cutler, I think you, you can't deny what he did. You can't deny what he was. He played for the bears, for for the longest time of any uh, of their quarterbacks, I, I think maybe other than Luckman, um, and uh, at the end of the day, you know it, he's a huge part of of the Bears' history, um, and you know the guy. Um, I think you you can't say that he did not give his all to the team. He played through injury. He he was he was tough guy. He wasn't he wasn't uh, the most vocal leader in the world. Um, and then I think what's important footnote for him is that he played with the with a very serious diabetic condition, um, and he and he probably didn't talk about it enough, and it probably wasn't talked about enough because he didn't really want the sympathy or the or to be, it to become the story, but. I think it, it definitely shaped a lot of, you know, who he was um, just from, you know, his body language and, and, you know, kind of his energy level and things like that. Um, and, and I think it was important, you know, and I don't know that, that, that the Bears were particularly good at PR at that time and he never seemed interested in it. And um, it'd just be interesting to see if, you know, if you could move Jay Cutler into this modern era um, and put him with a guy like Matt Nagy, uh, who's who's very offensive minded and is also a, a strong cultural uh, developer and leader. What he could do with uh, with Cutler, and I think you'd see uh, a different history being written for him. Absolutely. You talked about longevity as a quarterback, and, and Cutler played from 2009 to the 2016 season. So that's that's eight years. He threw for over 23,000 yards. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to, this is going to be a, a really shocking statistic, but the eighth quarterback on the all time list for Bears QBs in, in passing yards, Bob Avellini, which we'll get to in a minute, but he played 10 years, 10 years, as opposed to Jay Cutler's eight years. He only threw for 7,100 yards. <laughs> that tell you anything? Yeah. So, cats off to Jay Cutler. His his career, though, though marked with inconsistency and and you know that that injury plagued year. That was the year he broke his thumb, if I'm if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Against I think it was against San Di- San Diego. Unquestionably, you know the the 2010 year when he he. He needed surgery on his knee after he got injured in the first half of the NFC title game against Green Bay and some some less than than intelligent former players on Twitter said he quit on the team. Uh, it was just absolute garbage. So, you know, Jay, you know what? 
Jay, you're always welcome to come on our show if you want. So uh, uh, you'll always have a great place in Bears history at Halitech Hall. Sid Luckman's second on the list. He drops all the way down to 14,600 yards. Here's a surprise. At number three is, is Jim Harbaugh, believe it or not. Jim Harbaugh played for the team from 1987 to 93, uh, and he ended up throwing for just over 11,500 yards, and he's just barely in front of the punky QB at number four, Jim, Jim McMahon, who only played with the Bears from 82 to 88, and, of course, he had several missed games due to injuries, especially late in his career. But he is the quarterback, literally, by which all future quarterbacks are measured because he's the guy that, that got the Bears the Lombardi trophy. Uh, Eric Kramer, I loved Eric Kramer. I, I, loved, I loved his tenacity. He, he was probably the best pure throwing quarterback that I have seen play the position. And I've, uh, obviously, I've seen the Bears play this, since I can remember, since the mid-'60s. But he just had, he had a great drop back. He had great vision. He just happened to play for the Bears at a time when there was a guy up north by the name of Brett Favre having his, his career dominating the Bears. But, you know, in, in 1995, I think is still the best year of any Bears quarterback in terms of, of yards thrown. So hats off to, uh, to Eric Kramer. Short-lived career. He only, only played five years. And during those five years, he only participated in 49 games. I think he broke his neck one year uh, playing for the Bears. So uh, Eric Kramer uh, is a footnote in Bears history and in Bears quarterbacking, but he did a hell of a job while, while he was there. What, what do you remember about Eric Kramer? Uh, you know, just what you said, I mean, obviously the 90, 1995 season, you know, 3,800 plus yards. Um, I mean, the guy, you know, he, he, it's just kind of ironic that, you know, here we have another, um, you know, amazing uh, offensive season and they were only nine and seven. I mean, 3,800 yards, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, you know, a quarterback rating of 93.5 in 1995. It's it. How, how does that not translate into a better than a nine and seven record? You would wonder. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just the bears. I mean, the history of the bears, I mean, they, they couldn't beat the Packers that season. Um, you know, and, uh, I mean, they lost to the Lions 27 to 7. Um, they lost to the Bengals 16 to 10. Um, you know, kind of strange, strange season uh, where you know you, you would think they should have should have done better. Uh, they had the 22nd ranked defense and the eighth ranked offense that year. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, I, 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 fortunately with Eric Kramer, you remember a little bit more of the the post playing career and he's had some struggles with uh with some uh things off the off the field um you know and uh it's just a it's sort of kind of another guy in the in the history of the bears that uh, uh falls in the shoulda woulda coulda category this is going completely off of memory but that nine and seven year in 95 i believe the bears 
their last game of the year, they they beat, I want to say, Philadelphia. Right. And all that needed to happen was the, a different outcome in a game. I, I want to say it was Atlanta and Dallas. And if one of the teams, and I can't remember because I don't have it in front of me, but if the wrong team won, if the, if the team that had won that game, and I want to say it was Atlanta, if Dallas wins that game, the Bears make the playoffs as a wild card. That's how close that team was despite their, their, their poor performance on defense. So look at, we've now talked about two seasons where we had some of the best quarterback play this franchise has ever seen. And over the years, the Bears are always, always, always talked about in, in terms of how great their defense is. And their defense let them down in both of those years. How ironic is that? Eric Kramer will always remember you. I hope you have a great uh, rest of your life. I know there's been some issues there, but uh, we really enjoyed, I personally enjoyed watching him play. That's the top five. Uh, the, the next group from six to ten are basically all old-timers, so we're not going to spend a lot of time with those. Billy Wade was a quarterback for the Bears for only six seasons, He's six on the list, and, of course, he's the, the, the Bears quarterback that took them to George Hallis' last championship year in 1963. Ed Brown played in the 50s. Bob Avellini, we talked about. Uh, um, unbelievable that he only played 73 games during the course of his career from 1975 to 84. So he battled time. I think Mike Phipps was the quarterback during that era. Vince Evans was a quarterback during that era. Bob Avellini always seemed to stick around, uh, but he only threw for 7,000 yards in that 12-year career. So that's basically, uh, what is that, 100 yards per uh, per game <laughs> that he averaged, 7,100 yards in 73 games. So that's not stellar, to, to say the least. At number nine on the list is Johnny Lujak, who played basically at the end of the, the 40s through 1951, and Rudy Bukic, who played from 58 to 68. So he was Billy Wade's backup until Billy Wade left the team in 66, and then he was the main quarterback for the mid-60s uh, until uh, we had a guy by the name of Bobby Douglas that took over in, in 1970. What a, what a career that was. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so Rex Grossman, speaking of Vince Evans, he actually is 12th on the list. Mike Tomzak is 11th on the list. Rex Grossman is 13th on the list. Jim Miller is 15th on the list. And that brings us to one Mitchell Trubisky, who it's just in 26 games played for the Bears. He's already 16th on the list with 5,416 yards. Let's put that into a little bit of perspective. How many yards does he need just to get into the top 10? It's it's really not that much. So No, no he'll probably be in the top 10 by the third or fourth, third game of the season. <laughs> so, with, with, so get this. Second with, game. With 3,000 yards passing this year he'll jump up to 8400 
and that will put him all the way up into eighth place, surpassing the likes of Adelini, Lujak, Bukic, Evans, Grossman, etc. If he gets to 9,700 yards, he moves up into uh, ahead of Ed Brown into into seventh place, and then mm-hmm. after that, he'll get in, in just as in 2020. In all likelihood, he might even move up to third place overall. Mm-hmm. You know, he he only needs from 54 to 115, so he needs about 65, 6100 yards over the next two years to break into the top three of all time Bears quarterbacks in in yards passing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. So. You know, it's it's important to to remember history as we go through our episodes on on Halitech Hall and absolutely see where Mitch is in comparison to some of the quarterbacks throughout Bears history. So to go with 3,000 yards, he moves up into eighth spot. With 4,283 yards, he moves into seventh spot all time in Bears history. So I think he has a, a good shot to get that this year. Yeah, 4,300 yards. He passed for almost 3,000 last year in only 14 games and just learning a brand-new system. So I think you're going to see a much-improved Mitch Trubisky in 19. Next, we're going to talk about touchdown passes over the, the history of, of the Bears franchise. And, of course, we all know who's number one on on that list, of course. That's none other than our favorite hated quarterback of all time, Jay Cutler. So Jay Cutler in yards passing and touchdowns is first, second only to, to, uh, and Sid Luckman is second on that list. So, again, we always talk about Sid Luckman, Sid Luckman, Sid Luckman. But, you know, Jay Cutler had a hell of a career as a Bears quarterback. 154 touchdowns in seven seasons, uh, and he only played 102 games in those seven seasons. So uh, hats off again to, to Jay. That's, what, two touchdowns? Almost two touchdowns. It's about a touchdown and a half per game. And I, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I know that, that there is, is a tremendous throng of, of Bears Twitter followers that just can't stand the thought of talking about Jay Cutler in a good light. But the statistics speak otherwise. Your, your thoughts on Mr. Cutler again? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it. I think the most important thing to remember about Bears quarterbacks is that <clears throat> They're mostly bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I don't know that Bears fans have really any um, right to kind of uh, be as hateful of of a Jay Cutler as they had been. I mean, they they really have not seen many good players wear a quarterback jersey. Uh, certainly, in in most uh, fans' lifetimes, um, you know, and. I mean, you look at Johnny Lujak is listed as a kicker on on uh, on a Pro Football Reference and a defensive back. I mean, 
the guy is, you know, it, it's like it wasn't even really a full-time quarterback. Um, I mean, obviously it was a different era, but, but you know, the list is, is frankly quite pathetic of top ten quarterbacks in this franchise's history, especially for one that's as old as it is. Um, you know, and I think that kind of segues right into the, to the Mitch thing is that we have to remember Mitch – is needs to be good for the bears. It, you can't, you know, we can't start comparing him to Tom Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana, you know, the greats of all time. It's not fair, but I think uh, the modern football fan, um, <clears throat> number one, it, fantasy football shapes uh, the way that we look at players nowadays. Um, and uh, the, the other thing is that because we have these amazing resources like uh, pro football reference and um, all these other things to to look at. Uh, I think uh, football fans in general are just a lot more aware of what other players are doing. So when when you really think about what Bears fans are doing, they're probably watching the Bears. Uh, they're also watching Red Zone, which only shows the the highlights. And then they're playing fantasy football. So, you know, if you do that, you're going to have a very skewed opinion of players and quarterbacks in general. Um, and so, you know, you can you can hate Jay Cutler if you want, um, but but that that is, I think, a, a, a little bit of a naive approach to it. Um, because, you know, there's not even a lot of Bears quarterbacks in their history that have more touchdowns than interceptions. Um, and this guy, you know, if he was healthy and got, had the kind of weapons and, um, you know, coaching, uh, staff that, that, uh, Trubisky has been given, you know, we could be talking about a guy that, that threw for, you know, 35,000 yards and, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, actually won something. So, I mean, I think, you know, as you talk about, Trubisky is going to skyrocket up this list. And I was really hoping that he was going to break Lechman's single game uh, record for touchdowns in the Tampa game. Um, just because, I mean, as much as we talk about history, it, it's a little embarrassing to keep talking about a guy who ended his career in 1950 as being one of your, you know, all time leaders. I mean, let, let's be honest. It's. It, you know, it's not a it, when you're when when you're talking about other franchises, there's not a lot of teams that can, um, you know, match us in quarterback futility. So, amen. You know, Jay Cutler in his career with the Bears completed over 60, almost 62 percent of his passes. He threw 154 touchdowns, which is far and away the best in Bears history. He threw 109 interceptions. Now, let's put that into a little comparison. Sid Luckman, who's second on the list with 137 touchdowns, threw 132 interceptions. So for every time he dropped back, for every 100 passes he threw, he he had a 7.9% touchdown rate, but a 7.6 interception rate. He only completed 51%. He was exactly 10% lower in terms of completion. Of course, that was a completely different era back then. And if you were hitting more than 50% of your passes, you were an all-pro. In 1943, Luckman set new NFL records for touchdown passes. 
passing yards, and passer rating. That year, one out of every seven passes he attempted went for a touchdown. Luckman's performance in 43 is still regarded as perhaps the greatest passing season of all time. And to think Luckman might have improved on it had he not taken time out to serve his country. Are seeing the mighty bears for the last time. Ten of them are leaving for the nation's armed forces. Luckman's farewell to football for the war's duration. A touchdown pass to Clark. The Bears win 41-21, and Luckman joins the U.S. Maritime Service with the best wishes of the entire world of sports. A letter from Hallis to Luckman showed the respect the coaching legend had for his star player. Coach Hallis was 88 years old, and he wrote me this letter before he passed away. My dear Sid, I love you with all my heart. 44 wonderful years of knowing you was summed up by seven words. My pride in you has no bounds. You were the consummate player. My devoted friend, you have a spot in my heart no one else can ever claim. God bless you and keep you, my son. I love, I love you, you with all, all my heart, heart George, George Allen. Allen. But you're absolutely right. It's time to put 1950 behind us and move into the 21st century. And I, and I think within two years, we're going to be talking about how great Mitch is. It's going to be phenomenal. Just mark my words. Number three on the list is Billy Wade. You know, Billy Wade threw. Now, you go from 154 touchdowns to 137 touchdowns to 68 touchdowns. 68, 67, 63, 63, and 50. That's how, like to steal your words, Double A, that's how pathetic the history of Bears quarterbacking has been. So, Billy Wade, Jim McMahon is number four. Eric Kramer, in his limited time with the Bears, in only 49 games. In 49 games, Eric Kramer threw for 63 touchdown passes. You know, we, we, we shed a little light on him when we were talking a little bit before in, in total yards passing. Eric Kramer was a hell of a quarterback. Again, he just happened to be a quarterback at a time where our offense was decent, sometimes very good, but our defense was terrible. And we happened to be in the Brett Favre era. The, there was a game in, I, I want to say it was opening night or opening day, uh, where the Bears, I think, opened the season at Green Bay, and Brett Favre threw for five touchdown passes. They won the game. Eric Kramer was toe-to-toe with Brett Favre in that game. He threw for four touchdown passes, and they lost by 35-28. to 28. And that's just how that season went. You know, they would win one, they'd lose one. They'd win one, they'd lose one. They finished 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs by you know the, the the skin of their teeth, it's a sad commentary that that when we've had good to above average quarterback player defense hasn't been there to back them up. But now we're in a situation where we have both, and it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Ed Brown, Jim Harbaugh, George Blanda uh, are sixth, seventh, and eighth. Rudy Bukic. You talked about Johnny Lujak. Yes, he's registered as a as a kicker 
in pro football reference. He was only 13-5 and five as a st- starting quarterback, but he still threw for 41 touchdowns, and 41 is good for 10th on the list ahead of some of the quarterbacks you might know, like uh, Jim Miller, Bob Avellini, Mike Tomczak, Rex Grossman. And at 16th on the list, Vince Evans at 31. He's, he's, he's tied with Vince Evans for 30, with 31 TDs. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I'm sorry, I have to take that back. He's tied with Mitch Trubisky at 16th with 31 TDs. And Mitch only needs three TDs to move all the way up to tied for 11th place. So where does Mitch Trubisky stand in, in history on TDs? If Mitch throws for 33 touchdown passes this year, which is not a stretch by any means, he hits the top five. If he hits 38 touchdown passes this year, which, again, I don't think is a stretch based on what we're seeing this offseason, he will stand alone in third place all time and bears touchdowns. That's the, the quarterback that we have going into to 2019. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, his trajectory is great. Um, you know, the league is, is very favorable to uh, quarterbacks right now. Um, everybody loves to talk about, um, you know, how bad uh, – uh, you know, Eli Manning was last year. Well, Eli Manning threw for over 4,000 yards and actually had one of his best touchdown to interception ratios last year. He just wasn't able to hit the big plays, you know. So the, he has everything set up for him uh, to to do this. Um, and you may mention this later, but I think one of the best comps for his career is Drew Brees. Um, and I think that's why Pace drafted him was because – he, he, I think, reminds him um, of Drew Brees in, in his style of play. I think Mitch is more athletic and has more uh, ability to run. But, but if you, you know, if you look at Drew Brees' first full season uh, for San Diego, and and let's remember also that it wasn't like he wasn't playing with talented players um, in 2002. He, you know, he had 30, almost 3,300 yards, 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Uh, 61% completion percentage um, and, you know, continues on, has a, gets injured in his second season, um, has a, a really good year um, in 2004, a really good year in 2005, and then gets hurt. And then San Diego Chargers give up on him. And of course, you know, he goes on to become a Hall of Famer uh, and win a Super Bowl for the Saints. Um, you know, because the the Chargers uh, didn't want to believe that his shoulder was gonna was gonna get better. Um, so you know, you, you talk about, I mean, Mitch skyrocketing up the list. Um, but I, you know, I think it's important to to be patient um, with him. And um, you know, uh, you, you look at uh, as I'm sure you'll highlight some of the trajectories of other quarterbacks. Uh, he's he's right there. Absolutely. That leads us to our last category, which is career quarterback rating. <laughs> In speaking to the mediocrity of Bears quarterback history, there are only seven quarterbacks in the history of the Bears franchise 
that have attempted more than 500 passes that have a career quarterback rating of 75 or better. <laughs> and unlike the first two lists that where we started with number one and went through, we're going to start at number seven and work our way to, to number one. So um, number seven on the list is Sid Luckman, seventh best. He had a quarterback rating in his career of 75.0. So that kind of speaks to the quarterbacking of that era, though. So even at at a quarterback rating of of 75.0, he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks of that era. Number six, would you be surprised if I told you at number six is Shane Matthews? (laughs) Shane Matthews is underrated, I think. Um, so, yeah, but I'm definitely surprised about that. Yeah, Shane Matthews comes in at the list at, at 75.1. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about Shane Matthews. Um, he was a quarterback from 96 through 2001, he, but he only started 20 games. And his quarterback rating of, of 75.1 is, is sixth on the list. Now, all time, this is going to be a little bit funny. On the on ProFootballReference.com, when you sort by career passing by quarterback rating, he falls in at number 54 on the list. Okay, but that's because guys like Pat O'Donnell, Brand Maynard, Adrian Peterson, Matt Suey, Jeff Blake, etc., Tariq Cohen. You know, because they've thrown one pass for a touchdown for 60 yards and they have a perfect QB rating. So, right. you know, Pat O'Donnell and Don Shy uh, threw their one for one for 100% with a TD and they have a perfect QB rating of 158. So, right. obviously, that's why we decided to look at only quarterbacks that have thrown at least 500 attempts for, for our list. Jim Miller, I think, is another surprise at at number five is his career as a bear. He had a, a quarterback rating of, of 76.7. Jim McMahon, I didn't think that his career mark would have been as high as, as it is uh, because of, you know, he was, he was an average quarterback. He was an excellent field general, but he had a lot of injuries where he couldn't get the ball where he wanted to until he left the team in the, in the late eighties, but Jim McMahon at number four on the list at 80.4. So there's only four quarterbacks in the history of the Bears franchise that have thrown more than 500 attempts that have a quarterback rating of over 80. Our man, we talked about him in all two phases so far. He comes in at number three on this list, and that's none other than Eric Kramer. So again, Eric Kramer, one of those guys that gets absolutely forgotten in in Bears history, but was actually one of the better quarterbacks we've ever had. Eric Kramer was at 80.7. So not not too bad. That leads us to our top two QBs. Any guess on who number two is? Um Mitch? Jay Cutler. Ah. <laughs> Again, we're talking about Jay. So he's He's number one in passing yards. He's number one in TDs thrown. 
He's number two overall quarterback rating. Over his career, he had a quarterback rating of 85.2, which leads us to, and we have to go back and say again, quarterback rating is kind of that, that you know, Madden football, uh, you know, that came out. I don't even remember when quarterback rating came out. It seemed to be, you know, really convoluted. But that's how people are judged this this time in this in this era of the NFL. Mitch Trubisky is number one in quarterback rating in Bears history, coming in at eighty-seven point seven quarterback rating through his first two years. That's phenomenal. I don't care what anybody says. He's 87.7. I asked you a question earlier about Mitch Trubisky and, and if you would have been happy if he has the same type of career that Brett Favre had. And what did you say? I said, sure, of course. Absolutely. Brett Favre's career quarterback rating is 86.0. Think about that for a minute. 86.0, Trubisky is at 87.7, and his career is just starting. And you got to remember that he didn't have that good of a year in his, his first year as quarterback in 12 games. I don't have the facts and figures in front of me, but it was nowhere near 87. So 87.7 for Mitch Trubisky. And I promise you a little comp. I'm only going to comp him to the great Tom Brady. And this isn't by no means saying that Mitch Trubisky's career is going to be comparable to either the greatest of all time by in many people's eyes in Tom Brady or Brett Favre, who is one of the greatest passers in history. Tom Brady sat his entire first year he played in one game then he played i think 14 games in in year two and then he played all 16 games in in year three so we're actually looking at three seasons but almost the same amount of games that trubisky's played in just two mitch trubisky's quarterback rating is 87.7 is it better or worse than tom brady's career nope his first three years. Oh, uh, so he played. I, he played in 31 games right. as opposed to be, right. uh, you know the uh, right. Mitch played in 12 and 14. Um, so that's 26 games. I would games. say. I would say. I would venture to say, just going on the limb, that it's right there, if not better, because I remember Brady kind of had like a explosion, you know, in his fourth year where uh, he wasn't. He was kind of pedestrian for his first few seasons. Mitch Trubisky is 87.7. At the same point in his career, Tom Brady had a quarterback rating of 85.9. So two, right. almost two full percentage points better than, than Tom Brady at the same point in their careers. Uh, he had far more attempts, far more completions, far more touchdowns. Uh, he had 100 uh, I'm sorry, he had uh, 1,017 attempts. He completed 60, 638 for 6,600 yards, 46 touchdowns, but 26 interceptions in his first, let's just say, two seasons as Patriots quarterback. But he won a Super Bowl. 
you know, during that time too. So it's interesting to note historical facts when you're comparing Mitch Trubisky, because there are still so many doubters out there, not only amongst Bears Twitter universe, but the talking heads of the league. And it's a shame because, as you so rightly mentioned, how Patrick Mahomes took off last year in his first year as, as a starter, how uh, Deshaun Watson started his career before he got interrupted with an ACL injury. It's important to note history when you're looking at today to make sure that you keep an even and open mind about things to come. Mitch Trubisky, all things considered, at the end of this year is going to be in the top 10 in passing yards, top 10 in touchdown passes, and unless he, the, the, cart, the wheels fall off the cart, he's going to still be the number one quarterback all time in quarterback rating with a minimum of 500 attempts. So we've got a lot to look forward to. It's going to be a fun year. Obviously, health is going to play a part. We talked about Bears uh, records and our thoughts about the Bears record in our predictions. And I think you said 13-3, and three, and I think I said in the last episode 14-2. and two. And there's no reason to think that they can't be at that level again this year unless something happens injury-wise to a couple of their key players. Aaron, last thoughts on the QB history? Well, I think I think uh, you aptly brought up um, Brett Favre as a comp too, but I, I also always like to bring up, and I brought this up on other shows, is Eli Manning. Um, if if Mitch Trubisky has the career of Eli Manning, including the Super Bowl victories, um, he will be absolutely a Bears legend. Uh, even if he just wins one, I mean, let's be honest. But uh, Eli Manning is a guy that. Um, you know, uh, has been much maligned, um, you know, but you look when, when it's all said and done, Eli Manning is probably going to have thrown for 60,000 yards. Uh, he has two Super Bowl victories. He has two Super Bowl MVPs and the guy has never had a season with a current, with a rating of over 94, um, you know, in terms of quarterback rating. Um, you know, he's had a lot of seasons where he threw a lot of interceptions, um, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's, I think uh, it, it's unfair, uh, the level of, of scrutiny uh, that is often placed on the quarterback position. Um, you know, obviously they have the ball in their hands a lot. Uh, they, they do, um, you know, they're responsible for a lot, but it, as you mentioned before, it's the ultimate team game. And so many times, um, and I think this is where some of these new sites like Pro Football Focus uh, miss the boat a little bit is they, they seem to be very unfavorable in terms of uh, reviewing how Mitch plays uh, because they, they seem very apt to either give credit for Matt Nagy's play calling or not be willing to perhaps give uh, you know, uh, discredit to what the receiver was supposed to be doing. And, and honestly, that's a lot of times something that only Nagy and Trubisky and the receiver know, uh, especially with these complex offenses. You know, a lot of times you just have no idea whether it was the quarterback who, who made the wrong 
throw or the wrong read or put the protection into the wrong uh, place. Um, and it, I think Mitch's biggest weapon this year is going to be confidence uh, because you saw in the beginning of the season when he didn't trust his offensive line, his eyes were down and he uh, kept doing that uh, kind of maddening thing where he would spin out of the pocket. Sometimes that was very exciting and it led to some, some very exciting plays, but there were plenty of times where I was throwing my hands up and yelling at the TV, like, stop doing that. Stop spinning out of the pocket you know, trust yourself, step up, you know, and um, I think that's what you're going to see. He's going to trust himself and step up and, and throw with confidence into the middle of the field uh, under the seam routes. And, you know, he's going to trust his protection. And you already saw that happening. Uh, if he had just played uh, those other two games, um, you know, which again, I think they were being very careful with him. Uh, you know, he we he would have had, you know, uh, another probably 600 yards passing and another four or five touchdowns. Um, you know, and we probably would have won that. I think we definitely would have won the Giants game if he had played. Um, so, you know, as as much as his trajectory is great, and I think you know, as we've talked about amongst Bears history, he is on a on a, a an amazing trajectory to just skyrocket to the top of the list. Um, What's I think most exciting about this season is that <clears throat> he is probably going to make an enormous leap, but I think that he doesn't even have to, you know, become a Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to do that. All he has to do is be an Eli Manning, <laughs> you know, and with this defense, we can do great things. Um, and I think that's what's most exciting. So I, I hope that, you know, he plays within himself and, you know, I think that's what's cool about him is I don't think he's the kind of person that is going to stat chase and, um, you know, uh, a play, at, you know, with uh, that type of thing in mind. <clears throat> because I think the biggest thing about Mitch um, that I love is that he's a winner, he's a leader, and everybody looks to him and wants to win for him and wants to, um, you know, uh fight on his side of the of, of things. Um, and I think that's something that we as Bears fans haven't seen much in our lifetime either. And I think it's a very underrated part of his game and his personality or is his personality. Um, and I think that's what's also really, really cool that's going on. Um, you know, uh, aside from stats, the Bears quarterbacks have kind of been, it, you know, they're they're being maligned and disliked is also a, is also a common thread in Bears history. So, as I think the the um, the public uh, turns, I think the Bears fans are starting to to turn. Um, you know, from from his from getting booed at the Bulls game after the draft to seeing how beloved he was at Bears 100. Um, you know, it's just going to keep going for this kid, and uh, it's just it's really exciting. I was going to bring that up about the about the Bulls game after he was drafted. He, he, the the room at at the uh, the draft party at Soldier Field was filled with booze when that trade when that trade was announced and he was announced as the Bears' number one pick, second overall. Uh, the booing at at the Bulls stadium when he was introduced to the crowd, it it just he hasn't phased it. The doubts that the media have had about him 
He hasn't phased it. He is so committed to being the best he can be that he shuts all of that out, and it doesn't bother him. And it's so refreshing to see this kid come into this town, take what is probably the most important position in Chicago sports, Bears quarterback, and wrap his arms around it and cherish the role that he now has with this Bears team. He's unquestionably a leader on this team, along with with, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, Tariq Cohen, etc. It's it's just going to be a fun, fun year. Mitch Trubisky is going to be legendary in this town for one reason or another, and let's hope it's the one we're all hoping for. As you mentioned, all he needs is one Super Bowl crown, and he will be talked about like the Butkuses and the Sayers and, dare I say, the Paytons in this team's history. That said, it's now on him, and I think he's got the the mental wherewithal to do exactly that. Gabriel trots out to the left side beyond the numbers. Slot right. Troy Burton and outside of him, Allen Robinson. Trubisky takes the snap. That's a four-man rush. Lofts the pass down the right side, going deep. Gabriel's got it over the shoulder and brought down inside the 25. Taylor Gabriel beats his man deep. Takes the shotgun snap, giving a look left. Trubisky going to float it into the left corner of the end zone, going to get it. Robinson's got it. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Snap to Trubisky. Over the middle, wide open. Over the 10 to the 5. End zone. Touchdown Bears! Snap is back. Here comes pressure. Picked up by Howard. Throwing deep. Going for Gabriel. Diving catch. It is in the end zone. Gabriel the grab. What a play from start to finish. Snap is back. Three-man rush. They drop eight. Trubisky fires in there. Open end zone. Left side. Burton's got it for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears. There's Wellen Robinson one-on-one on the near side. Here's the snap to Trubisky. Nice clean pocket. Going deep for Allen Robinson. Over the shoulder. Making it a catch. Shotgun, Howard slips to his left side now. Single receiver to the right, slot to the left, Robinson. They're going to move him out to the left on the near side. Throwing, left side of the end zone. Cut by another touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Aaron, it's been a great show uh, today. We talked a, about a lot of things. Uh, let me just mention one last time. Aaron and I are here for fun and for the Bears. That's all we're going to do on these podcasts is enjoy the Bears' history, enjoy the Bears' season. We're going to talk about a lot of things. One thing we're not going to do is ever bash any person or player uh, in the Bears' Twitterverse. So that said, next week, there was an interesting article that the Bears just put up on their website, and it's some records whether it's season or individual or or one-time events that maybe are likely never to be broken. So we're going to delve into that list a little bit next week. We're also going to delve into some other things that might never be broken or things that we have a great shot at seeing broken in the next couple of years. So that's going to be a fun show. 
So, Eric, you got your homework cut out for you. You know what's going to be happening. And then, again, we'll talk about current events. Hopefully, it'll remain quiet between now and four weeks from now. Uh, we're going to have some guests coming on our show in the upcoming weeks. So stay tuned. We're going to absolutely surprise you with something coming up uh, in the next uh, episode or two where Tix Blitz is going to be giving us two tickets to an upcoming Bears game, and we're going to give away on Halitech Hall. So until next week, Aaron, finish us off. Yeah, uh, great episode. Uh, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, TickSplits. You just mentioned them. Uh, go to TickSplits.com for all your ticket needs, any event that you could want. Um, and uh, use the promo code TAILGATE uh, for 5% off your order. And uh, we appreciate their support. And, uh, of course, check us out, our other show, The Tailgate Show uh, Weekly. And um, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Please rate, review uh, the podcast. Uh, however you listen to it. We definitely appreciate all the support. Aaron, last question. How do our listeners find our podcast on the various uh, podcast networks? Uh, right now we are available on iTunes. Uh, we are also available on Podbean, and we are also available on YouTube. Um, so you can find uh, us on all of those uh, things. Um, you can uh, search The Tailgate Show on YouTube or on uh, iTunes or Podbean. Um, and <clears throat> we always put up links uh, so that you can play the podcast directly from Twitter as well. Um, so when we put up the podcast links on a weekly basis on at Halitech Hall or at the Tailgate Show, you'll find a link right in Twitter where you can play the podcast. Um, so you don't have to download uh, the app or, uh, you know, there's no uh, other subscription or anything necessary uh, to listen that, to that. Uh, of course, we do, as I mentioned, appreciate you doing that and rating and reviewing us and subscribing, of course. But. You know, sometimes people just don't want to get more apps on their phone, and I understand that. So if you follow us on Twitter uh, on a weekly basis, uh, you will see a link that's going to let you just play the podcast right from there. Uh, so easy to find, um, easy to listen to. Um, <clears throat> like I said, we try to not, you know, hit you with any three-hour shows. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we try to keep it real uh, content uh, heavy and nice and positive and uh, you know it's you know it, it, hopefully it's a learning experience for everybody I know it certainly has been for me um, so it's been it's been great so far uh, doing this and just uh, just delving further into the rich history of this great team that we love that ends our show for this week folks uh, please tune in please follow us at the tailgate on Twitter and uh, Ticksplits, like I said, follow us on, on Twitter at Halitech Paul because Ticksplits has provided us with two tickets to an upcoming Bears game. It won't be the Packer game, but it will be one early in the season, so it won't be too terribly cold. So follow us and stay tuned for those those exciting announcements. That said, another show of Halitech Paul is in the books. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks very much, everybody.